Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the edge of the NFL, your host, the one, the only, Christopher Santiago. Monday, 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 happy Monday everybody, and welcome to another episode of the edge of the NFL. Well, I'm your host, Christopher Santiago, and actually we're not actually alone this time. I got a friend of mine. His name is Daniel Rivera. Daniel, go ahead and take it away. Hey, how's it going, guys? So Daniel actually is going to help me broadcast today this show. And we're going to talk about the big game analysis and everything that happened uh, not only today, and um, but yesterday. So Daniel, take it away with Monday Night Football. All right, man. Well, how about it, Chris? Monday Night Football, the Ravens and the Browns. Monday Night Football, as we saw the... Um, the Ravens and the Browns going up, and no doubt about it, one of the biggest Monday night football games in this year because that's a lot of playoff implication. Justin Tucker's field goal makes it good 45 to 42. And here we go with a lot of laterals, a lot of back down, this, that. Where is the ball going? Oh, it's gonna be call a safety and just like that, the Baltimore Ravens keep their playoff hopes alive. And now they are 8-5. and five. And no doubt about it, go away. Take it away, Chris. Wow. So, Daniel, I gotta, we got to say this. No doubt about it. The thing is, is that that was one of the big games ever. Yeah. But let's talk about the analysis of what we saw. Because at the end of the day, oh, okay, so actually, let's cut it off here for a second here. Uh, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, we, i like to apologize for last week. Uh, the internet was kind of shaky. We did broadcast the show, but for some reason, it did not uh, send the recording to the app. And uh, so, uh, we apologize for that. But let's go back to the, the game. Here's the thing, I mean... Baker Mayfield played one hell of a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, this was one of those games where he had to play statement game. It is true, man, because at the end of the day, listen, last week he had the statement games against the Titans. Ooh, don't remind me. <laughs> I mean, he literally played balls out, man. I mean, the, what, four touchdowns, the 295 yards in the first half, and by the end of the game he had 379 yards, four touchdowns, and he played a complete game. But the thing was, man, one thing is that their Achilles heel is just like everything. It's the defense, man. Yeah. I mean, if you look at last week, Tennessee almost pulled a comeback. They did. I mean, if Ryan Tannehill did not throw that interception in the red zone, I mean, it was a different ball game. We would have had a tie game and and a different story right now. No? But the thing is, is that um, Baker played one of the biggest games ever, man. I mean, lights out. This is this is a different football team that we saw last year, and a whole different football team that we that we're seeing from September and October. This team was what three and three, I think. Yeah, three and three. And the thing was is that you think that it's same old Baker shaking bake man throwing picks and everything. He's having a monster year, but he's having monster performances. In the last month of the year, man, he is, yeah. And the thing is, is that the thing is that the Browns now with that loss, now they have to play better than ever. They got the Steelers still, and you know we're gonna talk about the Steelers, are we? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're gonna talk about the Steelers, but the thing is, is that now they got the Steelers, and you know Baltimore is still in there. Oh, yeah. Baltimore is not a sleeping giant. And the thing is that you got to remember is that seventh seed is up for grabs, man. I mean, Baltimore wants to sneak in at least to the final spot because now with the Chiefs beating the the Dolphins, now there's a spot. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're going to get to the Ravens here in a bit. But the thing is, is that you're, ta- you're, you're telling the truth about the defense. 35 points last week, 47 this week. And the thing is, is that, you know, 
you know, we, when we talk about the, here's the thing. If you miss the game, ladies and gentlemen, here's the thing. There was a chance. I mean, Baltimore was up two d- double digits going into the fourth quarter. And Baker Mayfield brings him back. Up by one. And it looks like game over. I mean, because Lamar Jackson is being uh, evaluated for protocol, for concussion and all, and he and everything, all the doctors and everything did the test. The minute that that happens, the backup quarterback, and I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have my stat sheets with me or anything. The backup quarterback for the Ravens, which is not RG3, it's, uh, no, his number is number seven. But, it, and the thing is, is that he looks like he tore up his leg or something. Yep. Yeah. And fourth down, two-minute warning, what happens? <laughs> I laugh because what do you see on the background? You see literally, um... Lamar Jackson running out the tunnel. And I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) So I'm like, this is where the Ravens, I mean, excuse me, the Browns have to stop them. Yep. Because the defense has to stop it. Because if, you know, you just make this big comeback, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you're up by seven. If you beat them, you're going to be 10 and three. You're going to have full... Now you're going to have a full capacity, a big chance, big chance to, here's the thing though, a chance to play the Steelers for AFC North, the AFC North, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, but, you know, that really just pulled a, pulled a nail in the coffin on that one, man, I mean, everything, but that defense in it. And it was a the last minute and a half of that game was probably the best of yeah. I mean, it, it, the whole Monday nighter was good. I mean, what maybe one or two punts out of that game? Yeah, everything. And, but the thing is, is just it, it's just one of the biggest Achilles heel for Cleveland. I agree, it's their defense. Now, Baltimore. Wow. Baltimore, what are you what are you seeing, Daniel? That you're probably saying, this is going to be a dangerous team. Well, the thing is, man, is that. Their defense is kind of suspect, don't get me wrong. Baker Mayfield is just playing balls out this year, you know? Right. But the thing is, is that... uh, Baltimore right now is that... Now they're playing one of the easiest schedules ever right now. They can finish 11-5. And and if Miami continues this up-and-down, you know, season right now... They just lost to Kansas City, which everybody thought... You know, this was going to be the the game for them, you know, to show up and everything. But the thing is, that it didn't happen. And now, you know, what 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 is going to happen now is that there's still a chance for that seventh seed. All these teams that are in the hunt are really in for it. And now Baltimore is just squeaking a little bit in there. And the playoff pictures are really changing because now Kansas City is now number one. Steelers go to number two. Buffalo's number three. Yep, and then I think it's your team, yep, Tennessee, number four, which, you know, here, I mean, it might change if they beat Detroit and everything, cool, but they might change after week 16 because they got tough assignment away with the Packers, yep, so, you know, um, you know, it, it's just, I, I do see them going to the playoffs, that's why everybody was just like, they were 6-5 and five when they lost to your team, the Titans in two, what, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, yeah. And everybody was like, oh, Lamar and the Ravens or anything. But Lamar really, I mean, he showed up. He showed up in the last minute. And he showed up when he needed to. That's the kind of player you need. You know, I like what Des Bryant tweeted. Uh, the Superman showed up when he needed to. And he, he did, man. I mean, he played balls out, man. I mean... There's things about Lamar Jackson that, here's the thing. Ravens are one of the most dangerous teams, I believe, that are going to go into the playoffs. If they play team like the Browns or maybe Dolphins. If, unless the Dolphins kind of fade away and then you're going to see another team from the hunt go in there. But the thing is, is that Lamar Jackson might get out of the wild card this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's just, you know, he can't win the... But I think this this time around, I think we might see 
we might see a progress from him. The one thing, the one thing that I'm a little concerned about him is that when he goes and plays teams like the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Bills, ooh, Tennessee, depends on which team, Tennessee team shows up in that, in that one, but if I was Tennessee, you know, I wouldn't want to play the Ravens now. No, 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 no. They're dangerous, man. No, they're more dangerous than they were. I mean, that game in October, that was a different story because, you know, it was confident Lamar and everything, whatever, whatnot. But facing Lamar Jackson twice a year, it's not something that you want to have on your agenda. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Different story. Because I just don't see John Harbaugh creating a game plan for for Lamar that would work because Lamar is I mean don't get me wrong he he's a good quarterback I mean he's a good player you know and a good but the thing is is that two things that really gets him to me we just saw the problem about if you run your quarterback a lot you almost lost your quarterback and then your backup I mean I mean if Lamar did not hurry out of that locker room at all, then the punter would have been the quarterback on fourth and what two, then we would not have had this conversation at all. And we would just see, well, the Browns are better and they're good, their defense might be Achilles heel and everything, but they just woke it up. But now this would it's where we're just like, well, bacon shake. You know, he loses to the Ravens twice and everything, but the thing is is that this is a dangerous football team, man. A very dangerous team. And, you know, the way the Steelers are playing, may and now if Lamar shows up in January, it's a different ballgame, man, because I honestly think that the Steelers are looking very faded away lately at where they're going. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, after that Sunday Night Football performance yesterday, um, you know, you just got to get going, you know, because, you know, the Bills are woken up, man. Different, different team that your team played in September. Yeah. Way different, man. Way different. They're they're a dangerous team, man. So we'll see where that goes. All right, coming up next, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're gonna talk about the. Speaking of the Steelers, now we're gonna talk about that Sunday night football game. Oof. So Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, the Bo- the Bills Mafia. No doubt about his defense dominated Big Ben, Roethlisberger, and Stephon Diggs dominated the Steelers. Well, they've been called the most dominant defenses defense this year. No doubt about it, the last two weeks. They have not been the most dominant team at all. So, Big Ben released a statement yesterday to the media saying that I have to play better. I have to play better because I have the ball 90% of the time. So, when it comes to... The protection when it comes to play uh, to winning, I have to play better in order for this team to be successful, and I have not done that the last two weeks. So Daniel, here's the thing. Last week we saw four. What was it? A five and seventeen lose to the. No about it. The Steelers lost to a five and seventeen, right? Now you saw the Steelers lose to the Bills, and you said they're a different ball ball club. Don't get me wrong. Are the Steelers fading, or is it time to to really start to really panic if you're a Steelers fan? Uh, I would say yeah, man. Um. Got to choose my words carefully here. (laughs) The thing is this, man. You wake up every day on Sunday. You watch your team and everything and whatever, whatnot. The the Steelers showed up 11-0 last week. And they faded in the end. This week, the so-called... Number one defense in the NFL, I know it's the Saints, but the number one defense in the NFL faded 
big time. They lost. And the Bills, they needed a statement game because, you know, we talked about, you talked about this, Chris, and I'll give, I'll, and you, I think this was your second podcast on Anchor. You talked about that Buffalo problem is that they cannot beat good football team. And you look at the Titans are in there. Yep. And the Chiefs are in there. But when it came down now to the Steelers, it was time for either them to put up or shut up. And now Savon Dix played the best game ever, man. And I said to myself, man, he dominated them. He went, what, wild for 170, and he caught his 100 reception and everything this year. Josh Allen is playing way better than he is. I just, a lot of things have happened in the last two years with this young kid, and now he's really, he did, man. I mean, the thing is, is that Josh Allen, when he got drafted, you know, he was this, you know, kind of a, well, you know, he was a mistake quarterback kind of guy. You know, he threw a lot of picks, and he was forcing the ball, and, you know, but his coach believed in him. And the thing is, is that they finally, Buffalo finally found that franchise quarterback that they've always wanted. Because the thing is, is that, you know, he led the Buffalo Bills to their first playoff appearance since 1999, three years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, when you look at this young kid, you know, and, you know, he was this, Buffalo was a defensive team and everything. And they lost to Jacksonville because of defense. Their defense stepped up, but Josh Allen was still young and inexperienced and everything. And then last year, we see a better, better uh, glimpse of him play better. He lead Buffalo to another playoff appearance and everything. And you know he lost to to Houston, in a, you know, in, in a sad way. But the thing is, is that we I said it that now that Tom Brady was leaving. Um, New England, I said, this kid is going to have a chance to put up or shut up. And usually when that happens, usually teams fade away and everything, get playoff hangovers and everything. This is a better Buffalo team than ever. Now, here we go again. Now you're going to play these big teams now. Now it gives confidence to them that, okay, we can hang out with the Pittsburgh Steelers and beat them. And now they're probably saying, well, what if Baker Mayfield actually shows up big time in the rematch? Now you got a chance to have home field for one more game. For one more game. Actually, no, it will be two of them. You will have a chance for two home playoff games in the playoffs. And that gives them confidence because the thing is, is that they're really good at home. They played in Nashville when they lost 42-14 to 14 to the Tennessee Titans. That was a different ball club, man. But Josh Allen was still balling. He was still throwing for 300 yards. He was trying his best. It's just Tennessee showed up in that game. It happens. Hey, they lost. And everybody was like, well, Buffalo, they might fade. They might, you know, maybe Cam Newton will have a chance and everything. But, man, I was just like, man, you just can't just, just say that this is going to happen just because, you know, he had a one bad game. And, I mean, come on. How many times have Tom Brady had a bad game this year and everybody's ripped him up, but yet he had the best game so far this year? And now everybody's like, oh, they're back in the bag wagon with Tom Brady. This is why you just don't don't really trash teams or talk about it. Tennessee learned that last week, man. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that here's the thing, Daniel. Tennessee learned that. The media was talking so much smack about Baker Mayfield. Oh, he's just a quarterback that throws for 150 yards. What happened last week? Oh, Baker went off on Tennessee's defense. He did. I mean, 38 points in the first half. 38. I mean, that's how much they played better than ever. I mean, and and the thing is, is that we almost saw how the comeback happened. Baker Mayfield had his best field goal. Tom Brady, how many times they told him, well, Brady's done everything, and he 
ends up winning the Super Bowl. That's what I'm telling media. Shut up. Do not tell Tom Brady he sucks because then he goes to, he goes to the Super Bowl. You just can't tell him that. So Josh Allen heard that. He heard from a lot of players and teammates, and everybody was like, well, you know, he just, uh, you know, he throws picks and everything, and then all of a sudden he's having a complete year. Better than ever. He's, if I'm not mistaken, he is a top four, and he's in the top three passer ratings as a quarterback right now, along with Mahomes, along with Rodgers, along with Russell Wilson. So, you know, you can't write him off. Buffalo is really, really darn getting better than ever. And, you know, the thing is, is that it's really really to the point where you're just like well things happen man you know and, and you're gonna have those kind of games you know but the thing is that this is a different ball club than september yep they are they are now pittsburgh man let's talk about them. oof so i like what ryan clark said on espn's first take this morning he said that um pittsburgh has been shifted so much this year i mean i i understand juju smith's schuster's frustration but what this is where the nfl has all they got and they just cannot flex or cancel games or anything like that pittsburgh is heading to a tired playoffs man i mean they're fading this is the worst month to fade man and that is december you cannot fade in december no not at all and the thing is is that you know washington football team is getting a whole lot better on defense alex smith no matter what a calf injury or not he's still playing better football than ever and you know but buffalo was you know, the thing is, is that everybody thought that this was going to be either a defensive game between the Steelers and the Bills. Because the Bills' defense have really improved since that game in Tennessee and Kansas City. Especially Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes just went off on the Bills. Like one, two, three, four touchdowns and that was it. 35 to 14. Different ball club now. And everybody was like, well, the Steelers, you know, they're going to be mad. They lost to the, they're going to be more focused. The pressure's off. But this is not a team that is focused, man. This is a team that we've been concerned about for a month now. And you you can say, man, you know, no, 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 not about it, man. Because when it comes to it, man, when you look at this, Chris, here's the thing. Steelers' game against Titans was changed due to COVID. And the thing is, is that, you know, it happened and also a lot of things were shifted. Their mini bye week against the, basically the, the bye week got changed to a week three. Um, then you have the second, no, the first game against the Ravens was shifted from Pittsburgh's original bye week to that game. And then... You had the play Sunday, play Wednesday, play Monday, and then play Sunday night. In 21 days, their schedule has been a roller coaster. It tires teams, Chris. They do. It tires them. And that team has been, that's why they're fading now. And let me tell you something, Mike Tomlin is not this kind of guy that will will go up to Roger Goodell and say, well, you screwed this team out of a championship or anything, but he will be livid if this team goes into January and just fades in the first rounds of the playoffs because they have a shot. They have a shot, and they were just dominating and everything. I mean, you just can't just go at anything about it because right now, you know, you got a phenom in Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong, but the thing is, is that is that those shifts where you go from a Sunday game to a Monday game, a Monday game to a Wednesday game, a Wednesday game to a Sunday game, those are going to screw you around, man. And that's the time zone change also because they go from 
basically up south to their home. I mean, they're and then they're like, well, we're playing this game. And then you got to be limited to your practice and you got to be, um, all those things are happening. All those things are happening. So it, it really just changes a lot of things. So now we go from that to this and this and that. And it, it just, they're fading, man. I, I, as Steeler fans, you know, they need to be more concerned and everything because this team does not look the same as they were basically almost what um basically two three months ago no not at all i mean you know and i like that fading away you know pittsburgh their defense i mean and, and it's not that just that it's just this is a good this is a defensive team because their offense has been lacking and, and you know this last two months have they've lacked offense. I mean, September, October, they were kind of up and down there, you know, with their offense kind of pulling. But their defense was actually being the ones that were taking it away from all the because they were just balling out, man. They were sacking interceptions. They were a good defensive team, and then all of a sudden, now I know you lost Justin. You lose Justice, and you lose him, Hilton, all those players, and now you're kind of fading out, man. But the thing is, and of course, TJ cannot do all everything by himself. But the thing is, is that now you go from this dominant defense to one of the most suspect defense, and your offense is lacking. And the thing is, is that, you know, you're kind of like, well... You know, you can compare them to, you know, maybe the 2015 Broncos a little bit. That, But the thing is, is that Peyton Manning played horrendous, and the defense carried them. Big Ben has played solidly. It's just these last two months, especially that Thanksgiving game, um, they almost lost to a third-string quarterback. Yep. I mean, and the thing is, is that if Pittsburgh would have lost the third string, they would not have been down with it. But they look like they, they could have lost three games in a row. The, the yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really getting really bad now, because, you know, I understand. I mean, but it just kind of gives you that kind of like, well, what would happen if Lamar Jackson would have played that game in against the Steelers? I mean, it would have looked like probably. The Steelers were a loss big to Lamar Jackson. Yep. Yeah. It's getting there, you know, but we will have to see. Last month, I said this was a team with a defense that could probably slow down Mahomes. I take that back now because it looks like this is not going to be the team that's going to slow down Mahomes at all because it looks like that he, this, this defense is fading. Big Ben is fading. His age is showing all of a sudden. So it's time to either hang him up or get ready for an early exit in the playoffs because I just don't see him, man. Buffalo looks better. Tennessee is high scoring. Cleveland might, I might show up to the playoffs and win one playoff game and probably have to see Baker May. I mean, oh my goodness. I, I, I just wonder. Will we see a rematch between Baker Mayfield and um, Patrick Mahomes, Texas uh, Tech versus Oklahoma? I wonder if it's going to be like that game because those two teams' defenses lack defense, So, but they don't lack offense at all, man. So I'm just like praying to the football gods. I mean, there's only one god. But, you know, I mean, if, the, if there were football gods, I would say please have Baker Mayfield versus... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, because we probably will see the rematch of Baker versus Mahomes that we are kind of like, oh my god, we have to see this, you know? So we'll see what happens now. Alright, so speaking of which, now, the Saints kind of took a twist of faith yesterday with the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, but it wasn't a loss to the Eagles, it was a loss to Jalen Hurts-led Eagles, a rookie, and no doubt about it. So, Daniel, oof, concerns the that the 
Eagles actually pulled this one? What the heck happened, man? <laughs> I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, the Saints are the number one defense in the NFL. I understand that you don't have that much film professionally of Jalen Hurts. It was his first NFL start. There was no preseason games of him. There's football film of him in Oklahoma, Alabama. But the thing is, Chris, is this. Is that the only reason... The only reason that you cannot say that Jalen Hurts was anything that you can say, we're going to prepare for this guy like this, because you got read option, Oklahoma, and you got the spread of Nick Saban in Alabama. In Alabama. So it's different ball club, man. Now... The Saints, you know, the thing is, is that you would think that the Saints would have a party yesterday. Oh, yeah. He didn't get sacked. No. No. At all. At all. And not only that, the Saints allowed 100-yard rusher. And you know what, what really triggered me today when I was looking at the stats as I was preparing for the show for tonight was this. The Saints' first ever 100-yard rusher in what? Three years. Three? Three years? Are you kidding me? They haven't had this much. I mean, you know, they got the NFC South with hardly any big-name running backs except Alvin Kamara in New Orleans, but that's their running back. But Atlanta doesn't have a name. Nope. Freeman. I mean, Freeman is there, and, of course, you got... Uh, of course, uh, talk early, but you know, there's talk early's not running all over the place. Then you got, of course, Leonard Fournette, but Leonard Fournette's a shell of what he was in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, so the thing is, is that now everything is fading away. So, three years, no 100 yard rusher, then this happens. Then he throws for a touchdown. And he leads this victory. Now, we cannot... I mean, what is your take on this? Are you sold on him? I mean, well, Carson Wentz can definitely... Definitely say goodbye to Philly. Because I think Philly might have... Listen, here's the thing. Doug Peterson, after... Um, I mean, if you look at the interview, he was looking down. I mean, the camera was on him and everything. And uh, he was being asked questions about, well, are you sold on him? Are you? And he was like, well, you know, we're just going to enjoy this victory and just forget about this and all. But the thing is, is that, is that you have to admit, we haven't seen this much of an explosive or anything near as good of what we've seen from the Eagles in the last three years. Carson Wentz in 2017... He was having an MVP year. And then he gets hurt. Nick Foles leads an underdog story. Eagles. All the way to Super Bowl 52. And goes on to win Super Bowl 52. And one of the most one of the most greatest Super Bowls ever. So that happens. Then the following year, the Eagles were five and six. They were five and six, and Carson Wentz gets hurt again, and who takes over? Nick Foles, and Foles leads the Eagles to a not. Uh, I think it was a nine and seven record to the playoffs, and they lose to the Saints twenty-seven to twenty-one, and then of course, Doug Peterson, along with the owner of the Eagles, have to make the strong decision: keep. Nick Foles, but you have to pay him quarterback salary. I mean, this is the guy that brought him to a Super Bowl. 
And this was a guy who, at the end of the day, um, when you look at the uh, Nick Foles, I mean, this was the guy who basically brought you to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, and led you to a, I think it was 10-6 or 9-7 record in 2018 to make the playoffs. This was a team that was dead in the water, and Dallas was going to the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, Dallas is fading. Philly is getting better. And every day, I mean, they make the strong decision to leave Carson Wentz. To leave, let Carson Wentz stay here in Philly. Nick Foles goes to Jacksonville. Carson Wentz has a full year starting, and he is a shell of himself. Steve Mariucci used to be the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. From 1997 to 2002, he said this, and I like this quote from him. There's quarterbacks that can take a hit from a linebacker, from a lineman, from a corner. And some of those quarterbacks will get up and fight for another day. And some of them, it scares them. It scares them to get hit. It scares them the big spotlight. It scares them to overcome adversity when it's happening right in front of them because they never faced it before. Carson Wentz never faced adversity in his life. And now he is, you know, he's been for the last 15 weeks, he's been heard, heard of all these critics about how he can win a game, how he cannot lead. He has a worse percentage completion as a quarterback and at the end of the day, all of these things happen. And the thing is, is that, Daniel, is that now you're looking at a rookie just played his best game ever. Best game ever. And the Saints, I mean, at the end of the day, probably thought they were going to get destroyed and everything. But now this comes and you're just like, God. And Carson Wentz has a lot of potential landing spot and one of them is your favorite football team Denver Broncos so we'll see where this goes man because it's getting really really interesting yeah you know and, and I like that you know I mean the thing is is that the Saints you know they're they got a lot of football left and they're going to the playoffs don't get me wrong but now they gotta be worried about that team in Wisconsin who no doubt about it Still playing ball. Mm hmm And they're playing really good. So the number one seed of the NFC is still up for grabs. I still think that the AFC, the road to the Super Bowl, is going to be in Kansas City. Because I do not see a team slowing down or anything to Mahomes. Nope. No, I, I agree. You know, and you know, and, and the thing is, is that this, this playoff picture is getting a whole lot tighter and everything. But at the end of the day... You know, I, I believe that we're just, you know, the NFC is getting different than ever while the, the, the NFC is getting tighter now. And, you know, but the thing is that, you know, what, what would you say? Are you concerned about the Saints or would you say, no, nah, not really, not yet? Drew Brees needs to come back. Yep. I mean... Taysom Hill, he's he's played pretty good. But the thing is, is this. This was the game in which you said two weeks ago he has not faced adversity yet. Nope. And he faced it yesterday because he had his first start. Then he played Denver. Then he played Atlanta. And um, so those games happen, and you think, well, you know, now you, you know things have changed now for for the for the kid. But the thing is, is that now you've had adversity, guys out playing you, out coached you, and everything, and you think this is Philly, a team that is not gonna play any better than ever, and they play just as better than ever. And they did it with a rookie quarterback, and your defense didn't even show up at all. No concerns whatsoever, but now you got to worry about 
winning all out because you know what? There's a monster in the north, and his name is Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers, and they're coming for that number one seed. They want to play home field throughout the playoffs, and then the Packers can get home field throughout the playoffs. I just don't see anybody slow because Aaron Rodgers playing better football than ever. Drew Brees comes back, different ball club, don't get me wrong, but Taysom Hill, he faced adversity. He never faced it, and he really cracked under pressure. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, this is a guy who was pressure, given the starting job and everything, and nobody, he did not look like he was. No, not at all, man. And the thing is, is that, you know, the playoff picture as it gets tighter and everything, you know, you cannot just rely on a quarterback who you just drafted to to run spread options and all that stuff, you know, and that's the thing. This is where, I mean, the Saints should have had a party on defense. Taysom Hill should have had a better performance than ever, and it didn't happen. I'm not concerned, but if Taysom Hill stays throughout the playoffs, like, until the playoffs start, my money's on Green Bay, man. I mean, or even the Seahawks, because I just don't see anybody. No, you know, yeah, you know. So now, we'll see. We'll see where where things go, and and um, you know. I mean, it's just getting to the point where you're just like, we'll just. I don't know. It's just I I really just don't see where this is gonna go for the for the the Saints right now because. This really was a bad loss. Yep. And, and and it's getting to that point. So now we're getting to our final topic of the day. And now that was Tom Brady and the Bucks. After weeks and weeks of asking yourselves, Tom Brady and the Bucks, are they really for real or anything? And they finally show up in a big game against the Minnesota Vikings. And it was kind of the glimpse of all Tom. So all the drama and everything... So this segment will be won't be as long as anything. So let's talk about this, Daniel. We talk about all these playoff appearances Tom Brady has, and you know, for the first time in 18 years, the Patriots won't have double-digit wins in their record, and um, all these things are happening now. There's one thing that I'm I'm getting to the point. That relationship between Bruce Aaron and him. Well, there was kind of a little bit of a, you know, some hugs and some handshakes and everything. So maybe that relationship is getting a little better and everything. But, you know, what, what do you see from the Brady Bunch in Tampa? Well, you know, you beat a ordinary team, man. I cannot just say that or anything. You Listen, I mean... The Vikings are definitely missing Stephon Diggs, you know, and Kirk Cousins is, he's having a playoff, um, what's this called, um, playoff hangover. And Minnesota, you know, with all these things and everything, $80 million to your quarterback and all, and he is basically just not performing at the level of anything. Well, it's time for a receiver. It's time for something on defense or something because, you know, it looks like things are getting to the point where you got to play better or if not, then it's going to be just one of your... And the thing is, is that that's who Minnesota was. Everybody was like, oh, they won a couple games. They're back on the, on the road. And I'm just like... What the heck? They're they're getting back on the road. Who well, They're not coming back on the road. That is the darn flipping Vikings. We paid a lot of quarterback to a mediocre quarterback. Oof. And the thing is, is that they want to say that he's the guy and this and that, but they don't have a receiver. They have a great running back, but how many times did they have a great running back in Adrian Peterson and they didn't have a quarterback until they... Had Brett Favre for a while. That's true. And then the wide receivers. 
no Stephon Dix, so now you got to go back on the draft and get more, more depth. And their defense has just been horrendous for the last month and a half, and you, you're expecting something out of it. Yeah. But now, you know, when you talk about the Brady Bunch, congratulations, you beat an ordinary team. And it's true, man. I mean, they, they, they are, they, the thing is, is that the thing is, is that Jesus, and I lost my turn of thought here, is that you know, the thing is, is that one thing that concerns me about Tampa is that they're not playing good against good teams. No. I mean, they got dominated by the Chiefs. And they've been swept by the Saints. And, you know, the, all these things are happening right in front of your eyes. And things are happening, and now you're expecting something to come big. And it's just getting better, better and better. And I don't know where this is going to go. Right. So I agree with you. It's an ordinary team. It is one of those teams where you just like fade, 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 you know, right. But it is what it is, you know. And now it comes to the point where you're just like, ugh, what can we say? All right, so how about it, man? We're kind of early. Well. We kind of got to those top. I mean, that whole Tampa one was kind of, I mean, I can't talk about my team today because, honestly, at the end of the day, they beat Jacksonville. Big whoopee-doo. And um, so I guess we go through the mail. Yeah, let's go through the mail, man. All right, so I'll, all right. Ooh, this one's for you. Sitting at 5-8, and eight, uh, Chris, uh, your thoughts for, Denver Broncos, should they draft a new quarterback or should they keep uh, Drew Locke? Well, you're a Denver Bronco fan, Daniel. Go for it. Uh, four touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. But thing is, is that he can do this performance against the Chiefs. He can do this performance against the Titans. He can do this performance against anybody else. But, you know, he plays the darn flipping... Carolina Panthers and he's having a monster game so that's the thing where I'm just like oh I mean Denver almost faded and everything but the thing is is that Denver needs to make a strong decision if they go eight and eight then maybe true luck and have another year because at the end of the day you know we survived three years of Cutler <laughs> So, you know, maybe it's going to happen. Who knows? But it's up to, uh, excuse me, John Elway. Because if they draft a quarterback and he fades and he's a plus and everything, then it's time to get out of the way. Yeah. All right. So, let's see here. Uh, well, we already talked about the Bills and the one. Uh, Chris, do you believe that the Washington football team will be the winners after a performance against the 49ers. Okay, my turn. Okay, uh, yeah, I will say yeah. yeah it's definitely a great performance by the um, Washington football team. They played tremendous, and they're 6-7. and seven. They have a date with the Giants next week on Sunday Night Football for control of the division, and if they win that game and they go 7-7, seven and seven, they have a shot now. They have Seattle still on that schedule. Ooh. Seattle's playing balls out now here in the month of December. So you gotta have uh gotta be prepared. So we'll see where that goes. And definitely it's getting tighter and tighter in this division. Alright, I guess we have one more. And uh alright. Trevor Lawrence, Chris, where you see him? <laughs> Like where that went. Oh man. Well, is that our Jacksonville or uh it's Jacksonville or the Jets? But there's a lot of reports that the J E T S sucks, sucks, suck. Well, 
Trevor Lawrence does not want to go for New York. I mean, I don't blame him. That team is horrible. Survive another year with Sam Darnold. I would, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I would pull John Elway. <laughs> I would not want to be there, man. I, I, I would not want to play for the Jets. Never. I would play for Denver. I would play for Nashville. I would, pl I would rather play for the Lions than the Jets, man. Because it's just, ugh. I mean, it's a big market, and the fans are disgusted by the Jets, and everything's happening. So, can't do it. No, nope, they can't do it. 116. You really believe that? Oh, yeah. I just don't see him winning another. I mean, come on. They got annihilated by the Seahawks. So, I just. I, I, I just. I thought they, this team was going to show a little heart, but. They didn't even show up. They didn't even got off the bus. <laughs> so, I feel bad. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, it's the Jets or the. Jaguars, but he's been talking that he doesn't want to go for the Jets, so maybe John Elway can pull a little magic and draft him, you know. I mean, Denver went for John Elway in 19, what was it, 1983, so maybe maybe we'll have something going in, in there, so it all comes down to that one man, John Elway. John Elway and Jacksonville. Who wants to play for the Jacks? Oof. So, so that we'll see. So, do you have fun? I did, man. Thank you so much for having me. No, no, man. Thank you for coming. It was fun having you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Daniel Rivera covering for us, and man, that was awesome. <sighs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all, but it's time to leave. It's time to go home. It's time to go to bed. As we finish another week of football, we head to another one. Enjoy um, another week of football. Be safe, everybody. Uh, love y'all. Tighten up, baby. And we will see you next Monday for the Big Game Finalis here at the edge of the NFL. God bless y'all. Merry Christmas.